It is my absolute pleasure to award the 2022 Commonwealth Medal to Charlie Cano from the Carlton Book Club. He Cripps. Welcome to the Blue Pod. I'm your host, Tess Hampton, joined as always by my co-host, Matt Duthie. Maddie, another Carlton Respects round, another very disappointing week. For a worthy cause, we seem to just uh, never get up for it. No. <laughs> what a disappointing week we've had. <laughs> it is, yeah, uh, just another, it's what everyone feared going into this game and a bit of a terrible tradition that's uh, building for the Carlton Respects game. Yeah, seriously. We've taken a few days to process this one. I think if we'd recorded it straight off the back of attending that game, it could have been a lot more emotional than hopefully it, it will be. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, we break the podcast down into four quarters. In the first quarter, we will give our reactions to the game more broadly, and I'm sure it won't be pretty tonight. Um, in the second quarter, we talk about the players. In the third quarter, we look at things from the coach's box perspective. Lots of heat being directed there, so I'll be interested to see what you have to say about that, Maddie. And in the fourth quarter, we open the mailbag. Let's dive in. All right. Carlton, 11-8-74, were defeated by Brisbane, 15-10-100. Kind of a flattering scoreline, actually, if you ask me, Maddie. Yeah, um, definitely. The goals, Durden with two, Motlop with two, Chera, Charlie, Kerno, Ed Kerno, Doherty, Hollins, Kennedy and McKay with one apiece. That's quite telling that uh, the big men didn't get uh, multiple goals each. And disposals, Chera leading away on 33, followed by Akers and Doc in his 150th on 29, Walsh on 28 and Hewitt on 26. Where do we start with this one, Maddie? <laughs> oh, it feels a bit like Groundhog Day with some of the stuff. But say, should we just replay the St Kilda episode <clears throat> and call it a day? <laughs> yeah. Look, it just all the same questions we've been asking, what we were hoping that may have been rectified in the with a bit of a practice hit out against the Eagles the other week, uh, yeah. didn't come to fruition. And um, it makes me worrying just in a sort of broader sense to sort of – yeah, deviates that's from what the, the first game. quarter's for. Let's just <laughs> uh, pull the emotions out. <laughs> it just makes me worry that we haven't improved really at all from last year and we're just in the same spot. We're just a, a middle-of-the-rung side that can beat up on the average sides and, and struggles against the, the top sides and will probably be borderline finals again. It'll be a struggle. Exactly. I, how many wins did we register last year in the end? Because it's it's hard to see at this point with the way things are going, us doing significantly better than I we did last season. Guess off the top of my head was 12, I think. Yeah, and I thought 12 as well. Most years that would actually make finals, but it didn't, didn't last year. Yeah, so the way it's going, it's it's hard to see where... Now, that was that was acceptable last year, Voss's first year, and it was a shame to miss finals, but we swallowed that bitter pill and thought that this year we'd be expecting bigger and better things. But as you say more broadly, Groundhog Day. It's just so frustrating to be a Carlton supporter. And like we've talked about on the podcast, see teams like Collingwood get the new coach, Adelaide quickly climb. These other teams just leap with their improvement. And we just seem to have the same story every time where we just somehow land in mediocrity again and again. I think the thing I find most concerning about the game on the weekend also uh, in reflection is that we really were only competitive for one quarter, the first quarter really. Yeah. And then yeah. while it was a bit of a grind in the second, they just built their lead and then got away from us and we'll never back in the game. 
So even though it was, like you say, the scoring was slightly flattering, I felt like we're out of the game for three quarters of it. And Absolutely. If we competed for three quarters, you could probably go away and go, disappointing, we let let it slip at some point, but we're not far off. We're getting, you know, 75% yeah. of the way there. They're a good team. Uh, you know, they've got a good record at Marvel, Brisbane. Yeah. And you could sort of make the excuses and not feel too bad about it. But I think it's the fact that, it just felt like we were never really in the hunt at all. Makes me just it makes you feel like you're a long way away. And there were some things that were totally very concerning to see the some of the ball use issues we had um, from Shocking. some of our, our senior players, which we'll probably talk about later, I guess. But uh, no, absolutely butchered. It's a real concern. And it wasn't just the uh, more adventurous or dangerous kicks through the middle that they were trying to pull off. It was sometimes just basic kicks to. Basic a player, yeah, yeah, player that was wide open, and somehow they would kick it directly to the uh, lines player that was nowhere near our player. It happened multiple times. Um, our inability to get the ball out of defense and transition it, which has been a problem all year. Brisbane set up so well, and even when they uh, were only set up okay, like even when it wasn't necessarily, sometimes it wasn't a setup thing. There was a couple instances where our players didn't even have a person to kick to coming out of defense, and then it ended up costing us. Uh, just because we had yeah. literally no one for the get out kick, uh, there was just there was lots of lots of things that you just so many worry that are going to be hard to fix that aren't really fixable mid season. Exactly, I totally agree, Matt. It's not that we lost to the Lions; they're a good team; they're going to compete. It's the way we lost, and the the turnovers, which you've alluded to, are what you've spoken about are terrible ball use. At three quarter time, seventy two of Brisbane's points came from turnovers. Yeah, ridiculous. It was just like wait for us to make a mistake. And then those goals off turnovers they get, easy goals in the goal square, running in unopposed uh, compared to the scores that we're getting where we kick to big packs and, um, you know, rely on Harry or Charlie to, you know, do a huge contested mark and then hopefully kick a goal. It just our goals often feel like hard work when they were getting easy Laborious, goals. Glorious, aren't they? Very. And they're just getting easy goals out the back. I thought that's the thing. It was interesting. Go I on. thought if you look at Cripps's game and Cripps is a champion, he's got games, but I thought his last two weeks sort of uh reflects mm. the where the team's at. Yeah. Play play against a, a lesser team. You look like superstars, beat them up all day long. Your A game's working and, uh, you know, it can't be stopped. And then as soon as we play against a slightly better team, a bit more seasoned players, a bit more skilled players and a better system, uh, just fall to pieces. No plan B, no no other option. Um, We're exposed. Like we all love Cripps. He's, he's a great player, one of the great Carlton players. Uh, but in Absolutely. a game where he's just getting – destroyed by Dunkley in the middle and he has no – they're giving him no plan B. He doesn't push forward anymore. He doesn't help defensively. It's just – it's and it's just, I don't know, just that sort of seems to sort of sum up where the team's at in a way as well. We don't have a plan B. What would you say are our teams? Like what do you reckon we like our, our strengths are? Like what do you think we sort of rely on week to week? Well, this is a problem, Maddie, because – I don't even know and do the players know. It's hard to know. What's our style? What's our game plan? The fact that's confusing. I mean, I could tell you what I think it should be and obviously our contested ball is a strength. It's yep. fallen away this year. Yeah. But we've got so much of the ball. We won the contested ball on the weekend yet we couldn't score. So we're possessing it but we still can't with two of the best forwards in the comp. We can't score. So yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't know what we're trying to do there and how that's possible. I feel like they lo- sat down in the offseason and went, like, what's our list look like? What have we built it for? And we've got uh, inside bulls, a big, you know, that proved 
uh, successful for the start of last season. So we had all the inside mids. We've got Cripps, Kennedy, Hewitt. Uh, you know, we got a stack of them. You know, we so we win ball. So yeah, we're meant to be a good contested ball side. That hasn't really worked. Didn't work in the last half of last season. Hasn't worked great this season. And the other Even thing, when we win it, it's not working. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. And then the other thing we've got is we've got Charlie and Harry up forward. So we've got two contested, big contested marks up forward. So I feel like they went yeah. away and said. We win the ball, we get it into our forwards, doesn't matter how, we just get it in there and we give them enough chances and we'll win. Problem is that doesn't seem to work anymore. We can't win contested ball like you say we do and it doesn't pay off. And if you're just bombing it on yeah. top, even Harry and Charlie are only so good. And I feel like Cripps isn't going to get any better as a contested ball winner. He's, he's at his peak. Charlie yeah, exactly. and Charlie and Harry are at their peaks as contested markers and forwards, they're not going to get much better. They're just hoping that we're hoping they can also just maintain this level for the next five or six years because they're all A graders and they they can't get the job done against a team like Brisbane, which means we need another another way. Exactly. And this is what's you've touched on a few things there that we should pick up on. Concerningly you're right. Crips is at his peak. Charlie and Harry are near that peak. So I think that's why you know, people can say the Blues fans are being hysterical or whatever, but we've been waiting a long time. This list has been building We've, we're in the window where we've got the talent at their peak and it's concerning and frustrating that we're in that window and they're not going to get any better. This is the time and it's not turning into results. And in terms of the generating scores, I saw this stat today. We average the most disposals in the competition but we are 14th for generating inside 50s. So the forward movement, I just I just don't know what's what's going on there. Yeah. And as you say, what is the the plan B? There's all this commentary. I, I can't remember who wrote the article, but I've seen the article in like five different places reposted saying, beat Crips, beat Carlton, or they'll beat themselves. Have you seen that article this week? No, but rings really true, especially after watching the Brisbane game. It's just you almost just wait for us to give the ball back to you in a bad spot and then score off it. That's half the plan, isn't it? Exactly. Well, I read the article and it said that. There's two keys to beating Carlton, which everyone's worked out. A, stop Crips. Or B, just wait for us to beat ourselves. Yeah. And as insulting as that is, that's what's happening. And we don't seem to think, we don't seem to have a plan B or a different gear. Um, it's probably a coach's box discussion, but it is it is concerning that whatever we're doing is easily worked out by the rest of the comp and not working. And we don't seem to have another gear. Even beyond that, I don't even know. what. Well, how would you describe our style this year, Maddie? Are we going through the corridor? Are we attacking? Are we, you know, what is our style? I just, I don't know. And I worry the players don't know. Our style is we're meant to – oh, well, this is what I think they're trying to do. We're trying to be a contested team. So, first of all, we try to win the centre clearance and get it in quick, which is always good for every team. Uh, yeah. After that, I think, generally speaking, it's – they try not to turn the ball over. So, like, well, even though we do, but they try not to <laughs> – The irony. Yeah, they try to be – well, they've, they've tried to get a bit more adventurous throughout the year because it was so bad. But they've tried to go along the wing, conservative – happy to get held up because theoretically we're a contested ball-winning machine with Crips and like we mentioned earlier, all those players yeah. on the inside. And so we just win the next contest if we need to and then we just push it forward again. And then eventually we get into our forward line and we've got the two big pillars up forward and they should be able to clunk a mark. And if they don't, we've got a whole bunch of small forwards we've tried to run at their feet. But it's become this slow, out wide. It's slow motion. Yeah. And even when, like you say, we are winning that contested ball, it's not really paying dividends anymore. Uh, it's, yeah, it's not really But sometimes it looks like we, out. like in the first quarter, I had written in my notes, uh, more daring ball movement trying to take the corridor. Sometimes it looks like we are. Saad, for example, 
looks like he spins on his wheels and tries to get this fast movement behind the ball. And then suddenly we go stagnant for an hour. We kicked one goal in an hour. I don't know if that's exactly right, but it, it was about that. One goal in an hour of football. They kicked seven or whatever in the same period of time. It was slow motion to watch, yet some players like Saad seem to want to take it on a move and others are doing these really cautious kicks around the outside. It just looks like the whole team's lacking a bit of cohesion in the way they're going about it. Mm, t- to me, it sort of seems to a reek of we plan to play one way and it hasn't worked and now we're going to our guys and saying, change a plan, we need to get it in quicker and faster. And so, like you say, Saad sort of spinning on the spot. He, I think guys are just sort of making it up. So there's no, there isn't a method to that, that sort of more manic movement. Whereas other teams who are playing it more often and they know what they're doing, they have a, a bit more of, even though it's still dangerous and chaotic, there's a bit, maybe a bit more of a method to the way they go through the middle or, mm. you know, they know, okay, he's rolling through here and so-and-so will follow. Whereas I think it's us. It's just like, let's just hope we find a target in the middle and let's just run and, and see what happens. And I think that's probably part of the reason uh, some of our disposal turn and turnovers are so poor is because there's probably a lack of understanding between guys about where we need to go. Although some of the, yeah. s- some of the disposal on the weekend was so poor. That's I don't, It was so bad. It, wasn't, it was yeah, so, it was, so bad. It wasn't even like trying to – it wasn't misunderstanding. It was just – Purely bad kicks. And they'll senior players, Walsh, Weeders, Akers, Newman. Um, I'm sure yeah. there are others that were guilty. Weeders obviously being told to kick bullets at people's ankles, which is bizarre. So they've obviously told him he needs he's got you've got a good kick, mate, take him on. But he was kicking balls at you know, mm. grass cutters that guys couldn't mark and going onto his or left. Bullets onto the chest of the Lions players at times. Yeah, which didn't – and he's a, normally a good kicker. There was one passage of play where I think we went through the middle and it all worked out, but nothing was that crazy. And I think we sort of remarked to each other, like, that's more like what you want to see. Like, yeah, you know, more exciting ball use, but nothing crazy enough to be some one in 100 kick or someone breaking through 10 tackles. It was just – it all made a bit more sense the way it worked out and we just don't see that yeah. sort of logically a bit more. We're relying on – it feels like we're relying just on raw talent and we will talk about the coaches, but, uh, you know, just yeah. to roll out there and just say our team's got a lot of talented players, just go out there and give it a crack. It's just not going to cut it at AFL nowadays. No. Well, we will – the coaches box, the coaches box is an important segment this week. He, he was booed at three-quarter time, which we'll come to and certainly not something I think we support here, but it is telling of the frustration um, amongst the fan base. Uh, look, to, to kind of touch on how the game went in the flow of it, we it started with that shootout and we were thinking, here we go, we're in for a great game. Doherty kicked a goal and he's 150. Mm. You know, the pressure was on. It was it was looking pretty good. And then we just go into our shells for literally an hour. Um, disposal kills us. Um, the back line doesn't hold up as well as they previously did. And they get they punish us on turnover time and time again and we just cannot do the opposite. You said at one point, why um, do we have no one in front of the ball because we can't move it forward, yet we can't defend either. We're always looking outnumbered no matter where we are on the ground. Yeah, it, there was, yeah, I know. I remember the moment you're talking about was where we, yeah, like you say, we couldn't clear the ball out of defensive 50. And when we did, we turned it over and they went back over our heads and we seemed to be outnumbered on both sides. It's like our players were lost yeah. in the middle somewhere. We weren't providing an option, nor were we set up in defense. Uh, yeah. They, and then we put this, you know, just to, sorry, to round out the game. We get we kind of throw it at it in the last quarter and make the scoreline look respectable. But we were never going to win that game. 
Oh, no, even close. Even that no. roll of the dice, not not a chance. Yeah. I'm sorry, Maddie. You were saying before. Oh, I don't. I'm not sure. I can't remember now. Well, we can't. It sorry, wasn't. Andrew. No, it's fine. It wouldn't have been too important. And I think look, there's just all these same issues we worry about. I thought you could. Uh, it's nice to get to a live game after watching the last couple and tell you the way the Brisbane mids pushed forward in waves. Like so, they would win the ball yeah. and they would all go for, and they would look really dangerous. And you'd just be praying that a defender managed to intercept or because they often had the outnumber, our mids weren't able to keep up with them. And then when we did force a turnover, even though all their mids had pushed forward, we weren't punishing them back the other way. We've just got mm-hmm. such a slow midfield and it's really starting to frustrate me, our, our, our midfield. Yeah, it is frustrating for sure. It just seemed, yeah, it was just a, it was a very frustrating game. When the game was in the balance, we weren't, we weren't in it and we weren't there to. But speaking of the midfield being slow, We'll talk about it, but Kennedy being the sub's an interesting one, and he came on and actually brought some spark into the game. Oh, he's done so well off the uh, bench as a sub the last couple of weeks. He's surely going to be back included. Like he, Yeah, he has to be. I know it's easier to come on when you're fresh, but he's not exactly a, a super fast guy. But, yeah, 13 touches and a goal, and the previous week he did something similar. Um yeah, he's surely a chance to be back in the he's starting 22. He's offering more than a number of plays that are – out on the park at the moment. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, I guess, Maddie, I feel like we've waited a couple of days. The social media is blowing up. You know, everyone's feeling pretty upset about this one. Let's try and keep it in balance, but I am feeling flat about it. What's your lingering feeling now that you've processed it for a couple of days? Oh, no, definitely. Uh, it's more what the, like I said, it's more what the game represented. It's the fact we were only in it for a quarter. It wasn't even close. It just makes yeah. me, it leaves me feeling like we're just a long way off and, uh, look, maybe we'll, in, Still. we've mentioned previous games and you're hoping that there'll be a bit of a turning point. And we'll hit some form, but it just seems so unlikely at the moment. And, uh, it's going to be really telling the next, next month of footy where we are. Cause if we can't snare a few wins and play some decent footy, I don't see us finding good enough form to, to roar back into the eight late in the season, especially on the way we ended up going last year. It's, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not boating well early. No, exactly. Let's hope it turns around. But, yeah, I, I share your <coughs> concerns and there'll be some heat on the club after declaring our finals ambitions. And it is a list that should be in finals if things don't turn around. There's well, time. That's the other thing. That's, that's a bit concerning. Why don't we see everyone backtracking at the club when they're talking about finals? All of a sudden it's not a failure if we don't oh, make finals this season. A few people come on said. Thank you for bringing that up. I was going to ask you about it. Chera, he did a good job. He fronted up in front of the media this morning and, uh, got asked the question, and what else is he meant to say? But they've prepped him. Is it a failure if you don't make finals? And he says no. But the message coming out of the club, it's like when Harry McKay said it last year, suddenly they're already in damage control. It's yeah. It's concerning, isn't and it? It was telling when Harry mentioned it last year. It was in that bad streak of games, and uh, it's, yeah. it's sort of a similar sort of vibe going on at the moment. And I guess that's when they asked the questions. But, uh, yeah, it's not nice to see. Wouldn't it? refreshing though if he came out and said yeah we expect that to be in finals we're good enough so we would consider that a failure and we're doing everything i've had not make it happen i know he's never going to say that but hearing waking up disappointed as a carlton supporter and seeing the media oh no failure it's all it's all good we're still growing we're still getting better week by week i'm getting sick of the same old you know jargon and i think that's one of my my fears also mainly with maybe the coaching staff and the the uh staff other than the players is we're just so generic. We give generic answers. We do generic things. We're not doing anything different. We're not doing anything yeah. adventurous. We're coming out. We're playing really 
boring standard footy, hoping for it's like yeah, it's like very afraid to fail, which just leads to failure. And yeah, yeah. like you say, our players give generic answers, our coaching staff do generic game plans. It's and you know if you play middle of the road, that's probably what you're going to get, isn't it? Yeah, exactly right. You're going to end up middle of the road. I think that's bang on, Maddie. All right, let's um, dive deeper on the players. There's a bit to get to there. All right, second quarter, let's talk about the players. We'll start, as we always do, by naming our boy and our whipping boy. Our boy is someone that we thought had a great game. We liked what we saw from them, but they might not have made our votes. And our whipping boy is someone that we'd like to give a bit of constructive criticism to, um, just encourage them to do a bit better. Uh, unfortunately, we probably have more choices in the whipping boy column than the boy <laughs> column this week, Maddie. But who is your boy? Uh, I've got a couple I could choose from. Initially, I see what you got, but uh, I'll start it off okay. with with Kennedy, just for yeah, his good eff- choice. Yeah, for the second week in a row, I wasn't. I was. He played well the previous week against West Coast, but it's West Coast, and you know it was a one-off performance of the sub. But to come out when the, the chips were down and um, have another big impact again, I thought uh, that was a great effort. He has to be selected next week. He actually came on and looked like he really was trying to spark something and he kicked a goal and um, a he really marks. had an impact. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you'd think we'll talk about selection soon, but he'd be, you know, pushing someone like Ed Kerno out potentially surely. Yeah, definitely. Um, my boy, I didn't find it actually very easy. It's interesting you've got a couple options, but I've picked Sauce. <laughs> okay. Um. Not that he kind of fell away badly. I picked him because he started in the first quarter. He had a couple big marks and I thought, oh, finally we're going to get the game from him. We've been saying he's having a strange so-so season. Probably ended up being a so-so game. But I'm struggling to find someone and... Just return to an, <laughs> return to an old favourite. Return to an old favourite. Pretty sure he Hollands, was... It's not Shinkata. Um There's a few favourites this season. It's not Motlov. All those could have had a shout-out, but maybe for a bit of encouragement. He fell away a bit, but he started the game strong, so I'll give it to him. It's a, it's a bit blasé this week. Who else did you have as an option? I thought Kemp had another all right game back in the team, so shout out for yeah, my boy okay. Kemp. <laughs> uh, yeah, Durden I thought was all right. Um, didn't get in my votes. So yeah, just a few that I thought yeah. were, were okay. Let's go to the other end where there's a lot more to choose from. Who's your whipping boy this week? <laughs> well, I, I really want to just echo one of – uh, I'll go. No, I'll go the other way. I'll go with. Uh, I'll go with Acres after pumping him up the week before. Wow, really? Yeah, I just he had a bit of a had a bit of a nightmare. I know he got plenty of it, but some of his he was one of the guys that was butchering the ball. Uh, he definitely wasn't alone, and there was a couple that I considered for the same sort of reason. Um, yeah. Eh, I know he's not superstar, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just. For someone who got so much Look, of it. You can't fault his effort and he does get a lot of it, but he is what's wrong with the team. He's hacking it and costing us really, really costly turnovers from him this week. He had a lot. I mean, to tell you, know, I don't know, I'm sure it came across on TV, but there was one point where he kicked a very simple kick out to the wing. Everyone cheered when when it actually got to a Carlton player. That's that was the, a bit harsh, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, that's the sort of night he was he was having. He was, he was struggling out there and he wasn't alone. The other one I uh, could have picked out for some – I was – Tempted to go Walsh like you, the pre like you yeah, called Walsh last him. week or the week before you you were on it, was it last early. Week. Yeah, last week. There you go. You Thank saw you. it early, and uh, <laughs> it was there again. He's some of his decisions, and then his execution has been uh, really, really average. And look, it's hard to know. Everyone says he's one hundred percent ready to go. He had the back injury. It's you know, 
bit of time out of the game, maybe has it or is it some lingering effects or something? I'm not sure. Hopefully, and he'll get better as the season goes on. But uh, yeah, just too many mm. of our senior players just really, really costing us. Who he might be physically ready to go Walshie, but in terms of yeah, his skill areas, he looks rusty, so so rusty, and so he, I think good choice with Acres. Although I actually thought he was one of our better plays in terms of cracking in and giving effort. But you're right, when there's a sarcastic cheer when you hit a target, that probably sums up your day. Um, Bolshe just needs to sharpen up his disposal. Someone I was considering for a similar reason, I've got a few options on the whipping boy, but I had Weedering down. Yeah. Um, just for similar reasons. I just I just don't feel like he's having a great year, to be honest. And he's used to be like his thing, you know, solid in defence, really great user of the ball coming the other way. But so many turnovers again from him and just he's a leader of our club. He's co-captain, him and Walsh, co-captains, need to be setting the standard and both of them just so costly. And you could you could forgive Hollands and I think Hollands did have a few mistakes and we thought, well, that's okay, you know, early days. But when you've got your co-captains butchering it like that, it's it's quite disappointing. It's the story of the day. Everyone's on heaping on Voss, but as you said on the night, he can't go out there and kick it for them and make them hit a target. No. If there's ever a sign you should just leave the stadium because we're not going to win, it's when Weeders punches a ball that's going to hit him on the chest and he could mark. Every time you see him do that. Amen, Matty. Just can, pack up your bags Yeah, and go. You know that they're feeling the pressure and they're about to crumble when you see Weeders start doing stuff like that. He's done it a few times this year. He did it a, again on the weekend. There was one where he clearly could have marked it and he decided to, to punch it out instead. Uh, you and I were like, what the hell? It was right in front of us. It was a chest mark and he just... Belted yep. it out with his fist. I let Young get away with it every now and then, but even he's improved. Young punched one to the middle. He's on my list of options. Oh, spoiling back boy. to the middle. Uh, yeah, there's just so many. And look, I as we're just going through, I, was, I know this is sort of a bit uh, delayed, but just our disposal efficiency. If you go down, and I know there's clangers and stuff too, but well, Honey was at 37%. He only had the eight touches. He had one touch to halftime, I'm pretty sure, and he missed a really gettable goal. So he is, again, on my whipping boy list. We're churning through them. Shocking yeah. again. He's got to go. Pitto oh, he's for, had a good game. Pitto, 41%. Walsh, 50%. Kennedy, who we talked up, but, yeah, he was at 61%. Holland, 66 Jack Silvani, 69 Ed at 70 Like It just, you know... It's when Ed is going more efficiently than half of those, particularly <laughs> Walsh at fifty percent. And look, we know that's we try to go easy on Hollands in his first season, but also he had twenty one touches at sixty six percent. It's when and they're in the midfield; they're not. Um, yeah, Honey should probably be pushed out anyway. I think always oh, will be back in for him regardless. And you can sort of excuse the forward because they're probably taking more dangerous kicks and you know, being a bit more adventurous with how they use the ball, but your midfielders who are getting so much of the ball and often, not always, but, you know, usually they have a bit of time and space for those sort of guys to be racking up large disposals and half of their disposals are ineffective. Um, What about Akers, Matty? His disposal efficiency wasn't terrible. It was at 75, but I feel like when he made mistakes, he made some some real bad mistakes. mistakes. What about Weedering just to finish us off there? You're right, Weeders went at 75%. Uh, and 75 is not too bad, but defenders normally have a lot of time. Normally you'll see defenders churn out games at close to 100. So, um, mm. yeah, McGovern at 85, Newman at 84, uh, Kemp at 78. So normally defenders are on the higher end for disposal efficiency. And I guess that probably shows that he was trying to bite off a few sort of weird, dangerous kicks. It's just... And it just didn't work. No. Nah. But this is the thing. What do you do to fix this? Because is it game plan or is it skill? I... I, I think we're kind of jumping around tonight but it's hard not to when it's you just it's a puzzle i'm trying to 
solve what on earth is, is, is going on here. I think they just they uh, they seem confused. They're also being told to, you know, try use the ball well, and in doing that, we're over possessing it and then forcing ourselves into bad use of the ball. If that makes sense, if yeah. they're not, I, there's a lack of playing on instinct. There's not enough guys Absolutely. going. There's a good kick. I'm just going to kick it. It's more. You know, oh, I'm not sure if I should hit that. I'll double back. I'll handball. Let's not turn it over. We want to move it up the field. And then all of a sudden you invite pressure and then it just gets, it just mm. sort of snowballs from that's how I, that's right. Yeah, I think so. But as a result, because of everyone playing with a lack of clarity and nervousness, the disposal is below what's acceptable. Let's talk about the midfield. You've touched on a few players there. Um, let's talk about a positive. Chera's having a great patch. Yeah, great another great game from him. Uh, 33 touches, 18 kicks, 7 tackles. Uh, you know, it looked a class above all our other midfielders probably. And uh, Yeah, he did. He's having a purple patch for sure. Looking great. It's interesting. One thing we noted when we are at the game, there's some midfielders. He seems to be the midfielder who rotates to the back line nowadays. And yes, we yep. had Doc and Hewitt rotating to the forward line. Uh, well, Walsh Hewitt, as well occasionally. Walsh, sorry, Walsh as well. Hewitt, I don't know if he's meant to. Hewitt was there once and it was actually our 666 error. I didn't see how often he got there. But, yeah, definitely Walsh and Doc rotating forward while Chero rotates back. Uh, it's surprising not to have Doc rotating back. I know. That was different. Um, but, you know, Chera is doing a great job in that role and really in a little purple patch. Yeah. No, he's playing really well. Hewitt, um, as you just mentioned, not so much, not – Having uh, he started the season in our votes uh, a couple times, having some good games. After that injury, it feels like he hasn't quite hit his straps again. No, not quite. And he had such a good year last year. He was phenomenal yeah. last year. He just hasn't quite got back to those heights, has he? No, not exactly. And Cripps obviously incredibly well held on Friday. Um, one yeah. of his poorer games for the year, for sure. He needs. And we, I mentioned it earlier, he, he needs a plan B. Like, And I'm sure there's things yeah. they do. Like, you know, if he's getting tagged, he probably goes to another guy, tries to create a two-on-one. But I am I know he hasn't done it for a while and they're trying to play everyone in there. Maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he was, he was being forced to. But Cripps forward just makes so much sense to me when he's struggling like that. It sort of takes yeah, Jack's role. Yeah. Swap. So give Jack a run in the midfield. Get, get Jack in there. Get Cripps out. Mix it up. Make them do something different. It clearly wasn't yes. working. Cripps We're is so a, one-dimensional. Just give us a different look. Yeah, Cripps is a big guy. He doesn't have to – and he, you got Harry and Charlie down there. He's not going to attract a huge defender or make the guy who's tagging him, drag him into the defensive line and, and make him – and we've seen that he can definitely – he's not a, a, you know, a an outrageously good mark or kick, but he can do it. And just give us a different look. Yeah, you know, like what's absolutely. The, what's the point of having you in there, having a guy hang off each arm when you can when you can go forwards and it must be said that is frustrating though when you see it even more at the game as we've talked about being there in person he is held hung off at every contest he gets frees occasionally but like once in every 10 times that someone's hanging off him he actually gets the free it must be incredibly frustrating yeah they they always tackle him before he gets the ball they know where it's going and as soon as it gets near him he, they they grab him and uh, there was a period where I think he used to try play for freeze a little bit and then it, that didn't really work either. So now he's just back to just contesting the ball, which is the way to go about it. But uh, I think yeah. you're right, Maddie. It would, would really be nice to see us try something different and, yeah, a coach's box discussion perhaps again, but just need to change. If it's not working, if Cripps is our best player and our captain is 
being well held and not having an impact on the game. Yeah. And Charlie and Harry, for that matter, well held and not having an impact on the game. All right, throw something new up there. Put Crips forward, as you said. See what that if that frees up Charlie and Harry or yeah. just just a change. Get get Charlie up on the wing or something. There's there's options. There's things you could do. Yeah, exactly. Um, while we're in the midfield, Pitonet uh, won the hitouts to advantages comfortably again this week, and another reasonably serviceable game from him. Yeah, stat wise, he he did. Or I was surprised because at the game, I didn't feel like he was uh, getting on top really at all. Like when you watched, well, he him, gave away a few frees. Yeah, he gave away some costly frees. Uh, doesn't he doesn't do heaps around the ground? But you're right. He, look, he had the taps to, to advantage and stuff, but. Um, yeah, look, he was he was so so. He's he's okay. Yeah, he's. Yeah. I don't feel like he's, he's not our biggest problem. <laughs> probably not our biggest problem. He's definitely not uh, helping us as much as you would like. Though our ruck, can, we talked a lot about our rucks last year. We, uh, you know, Pitto was injured and DeConning was struggling, and um, it just yeah. yeah, it feels like we're just back to like you know, it feels like we've almost gone backwards. Like if you go through some of the players, yeah. like you know. Even just we're going through the midfield. So Walsh not playing as well as last year, I would say. You can just yep, yell out if you disagree. Hewitt not playing as well as last year. Cripps yep. not playing as well as last year, especially early on in the season. Pitto probably, I don't know, he's, he's probably. Not, he got injured, but. Yeah, not last far year, but off. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Chera would probably be the only one who I would say is probably mm. improved or at the same level as last year. Everyone else seems to be just. Kennedy. Not playing as well as last year. He started on fire today, last year. Today, but he's dropped off. Yeah. He has played better as a sub last couple of weeks, so hopefully he can get back in. But early last season, they were all just smashing it. Like, they were so good. Uh, as part of the reason we got on that big streak, and all of them are well below those levels. This is what freaks me out, though. There's a bit of rhetoric out there that we get players in and we can't, you know, there's A, we can't develop players and we struggle to develop talent, and B, they come to us and drop off. And what you've just described, it's true. Is something going on there with our player development or our fitness program? I don't know what it is, but to have a bulk of our players dropping off, is yeah. it, I don't know, contagious? What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. I think our development's fine. Most of our good players on our list are all homegrown. Charlie, Harry, Weeders, Walsh. Um, you, know, you, can, you can rattle off quite a lot of, of players sure. that are, are playing pretty well. Um you know, always Durden, you know, you can, I think you can rattle. Yeah. You know, it's, it's good enough as it is. I think part of the problem we have that uh, perception of that is a, we took a lot of gambles on, on injured players. Uh, B yeah. we were struggling to attract guys. So we paid probably overs money wise, definitely for a few such as McGovern, Williams, Williams. Martin, uh, all on big money. So they definitely haven't performed, but we're just trying to get people here. We're just trying to build a, a, a culture or a vibe of like, you know, Carlton's a place to be. Look at all these guys wanting to come to Carlton. I think they're pretty desperate just to try to get people to come to the yeah. club. Um, yeah. And I think those sort of couple of things has, you know, has made our recruiting or our play development look average. Um, but I feel like that's yeah. turning. We're losing some of those injured players now. And, um, uh, you know, Chera was a good pickup. Akers was a good pickup. Um, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that is true, and I've lost my train of thought, so I'll just carry on. But um, we'll talk about Doherty. I'll come back to whatever the heck was just in my mind. <laughs> I'm sure it'll come back to me. Um, he's 150th game. Ugh, disappointed for him that that was the showing we put in. Yeah, his old side. Bit sad, but once again, he was he was serviceable in the midfield. Um, 29 touches and a, and a goal. We got that goal early. 
thought he was one of our better players. To yeah, be honest, yeah, he was. I thought he was. He had a pretty good game. Um, yeah, it was nice to sort of see him. He's he's developing nicely into that that midfield role. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree for sure. Um, I think that's the midfield, the wings. We've talked about Acres. I actually thought he was not bad. Uh, he's actually snuck a vote from me. I'll give a spoiler. <laughs> even though he, even though he used the ball so badly, he was getting involved. He was cracking in. He was getting a lot. He was trying. If he, like the rest of our team, he could just use it better. You know, he got enough of it and he found himself in the right spots and he worked hard enough. I feel like Voss said this in his presser that he couldn't fault the effort. The effort did seem to be there for a lot of them. It's just what we've talked about, the stagnation, the confusion, the lack of ball use. But Akers was symptomatic of that. She seemed to be working hard and cracking in but just not not using it well. Yeah, and maybe I'm being a little harsh, but you got to judge players on what they're, they're capable of. And um, Akers is a you know mature player. I can't remember how old he is. As a guess, he's twenty. He's twenty seven. I was about to say twenty six. He's twenty seven. Um, he is good at finding the ball, and he's played. You know, we saw against West Coast, he played uh, an outrageously good game. Uh, he's played some pretty good games previously in the season for us, and we know he can bring. Yeah. And uh, he, I, and I'm almost counting him as almost one of our you know so sort of senior players nowadays. And uh, yeah. I just want people like him and, and Walsh and, and Cripps, I want those guys to be uh, more consistent with what they're able to, to give us. Absolutely. But look, like you say, it wasn't, wasn't uh, you know, he had still, you know, though he kicks it up in the air, but he had 501 metres gained. He had, you know, five clearances. Uh, I think he's telling you, he was only involved in two score involvements, which probably probably tells you a, a little bit about that tells it. You a but lot. he was also our highest clangers. He had seven clangers, six by Walsh, five by Hewitt. Um, so he was costing us a little bit as well with his with his usage there. He certainly wasn't alone there. Well, how about we talk about the backline then, Maddie? They had their work cut out for them, but they didn't hold up as well as they have in other weeks. And we've also already talked about the poor disposal efficiency from um, a few of them, Weedering being one. How did what did you make of um, the boys back there? Uh, under siege for the the whole game. Not a not an easy night to be in our in our back line. Uh, there was a few terrible uh, moments from them, particularly that one uh, it was right in front of us where someone marked in the pocket and then they chipped it to Gunston in the pocket, even though we had all set up on yes. the zone. There's just a few instances like that where you don't normally see that, just a real lapse in concentration and yeah. the players were trying to do the right thing but it's almost they just sort of accepted the fact he was going to have a shot and allowed him to to chip it off and give an easier one out to, to Gunston who didn't miss. So there was a few moments like that where they probably lowered their colours. Um, there was a couple instances where we got run down coming out of defence and – uh, which wasn't good and it led to goals but I, I attribute that more to the way Brisbane were able to set up <laughs> Sorry, that's young right through your mic. I attribute that more to Essendon's excellent uh, ability to set up and, and lock us in um, and also uh, inability to have targets as we're coming out of defence or led to a few of those bad turnovers. But, yeah, look. It just lived down there, hence it, I guess yeah, the lapses in concentration. Yeah. And, look, our defence has probably been our strong point this season and you're right, probably wasn't their best night, but I, I think there were probably some contributing factors. Absolutely. I thought McGovern had a good game. Yep. Um, after a poor game last week, yeah, much I better thought Saad did Saadi things, kind of wasn't his best game in some ways, but but tried at least to get the ball moving. We've talked about Weeders and Young, perhaps, you know, not their best game either, but as well, you've said, there's good reason for that. Interesting. Young, he got, he got subbed off for Kennedy, which was a 
Which is, I'd love to know the reason. Did he talk about that? Did you listen to it? Have you heard anything about that? No, I haven't. I don't think it was addressed in the presser. Um, it's a strange, strange one, isn't it? Yeah, to I wanted to sub off one of your key defenders. Look, for, I know what they're trying to do get get another midfielder in there, but but young, yeah, more generate a bit more run maybe out of defence. It was interesting, yeah. runner. Just it, I wonder if it was pre-med. I just want to know if it was premeditated or not because they had Young in the ruck, which he's done previous weeks. Maybe I just thought the workload of him rucking and going back, or I don't know. It was just yeah, just a. It was, it was odd, a strange one. Seemed like a strange choice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wondered if he was injured or, but no, apparently completely tactical. Who would have you? Um, just sorry, off the uh, random comment. Who would have you considered? Maybe any, I mean, it's a bit hard now without going back. We're subbing off. Yeah. Ed Kerner, I would have thought. Ed, not bad, yep. Um, Who would you have thought? Oh, I actually don't mind your suggestion of Ed. I thought, you know, Honey, sure. Or Hollands maybe, give him a rest. Yeah, yep. Anyway, and you could have pushed Walsh on to me. You know, there was lots of options. It was just, that was a strange one. I was not expecting that one. No, not at all. Let's talk about the forward line. Harry and Charlie so well held, completely well beaten by the um, Brisbane defenders. Yeah, they did a real good job. Not that they were ex- exactly getting a great supply down no. forward, but, yeah, just one goal apiece. Charlie ended up with one goal too. I think it's the first game this year. He hasn't kicked multiple goals. Yeah. Uh, Harry had some nice moments early on. It's not just goals, but, you know, he had that really good chase down tackle and um, he took that really brave mark where he went back with it in front of us and then he actually finished his work. Um, so Harry started nicely, but there wasn't much else they didn't really get much more of a chance to have a look in. No, and I don't feel like either of them played terrible games. It's just that I feel like there was a combination of them just not getting great supply and uh, and then, yeah, neither of them had like a, a stunner. Like, you know, they weren't grabbing – it wasn't like the previous week where Charlie was grabbing anything in his vicinity. Uh, obviously, but then this is what we're talking about, though. You need to make a positive move. Charlie and Harry are two of our best players. They're not getting involved in the game at all. Like you've said, do you move – Charlie up. Do you try to get him involved in some other way? You need to inject those two into the game, our um, key weapons, Yeah. when it's not going our way. And I agree. To have them basically silenced and not involved in the game for the night, well, that's just that's just a, a travesty. It is. And Charlie's not as uh, – sorry, Harry's not not super versatile, so I'm not quite sure what you would do with him to mix it up. But Charlie is. He's, a, he's really um, – yeah. Uh, athletic and um, great tank, very good aerobic capacity, and uh, he does some some good things. And uh, I think you know they're they're oh, you, even if you just do it for a few minutes, just do something. You know, like we said, up on the wing or yeah. um, let him push up into a contest. You know, let him throw his big body around or something. I don't know, just something. Uh, just it be- makes people nervous. Like we're playing nervous. If you're suddenly lining up and you see Charlie Kerno's next to you, you're thinking, what's going on here? It just changes the dynamic. It adds something new, a new look. Well, th- who was the guy that was playing on him? Everyone was raving about him, Jack something or other, uh, Jack Payne or something like that, uh, having a good season, new young key defender. Everyone's They're very excited about him up in Brisbane land. Uh, yeah. But imagine his reaction is, you know, he's getting ready to set up on Charlie and Charlie just wanders up to the, you know, the boundary throw in and just goes into the contest. Yeah. He would be like, do yeah. I go in? Do I hang back? Uh, exactly. All of a sudden we have an out number. A bit of chaos. Yeah, just something. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. Um, in terms of our smalls, Motlop, I, I like what he brings. He played well, but not, you know, didn't didn't have much opportunity really, so there's not much we can really say there. No, I think the Smalls did well. The fact that Dirds and Motlop got two goals each from from very limited uh, uh, chances. Um, Motlop came back, laid his seven tackles, which was I thought uh, 
was really good. Impressive. Pretty typical of Mots. He's just a strong little fella and he makes them stick. Um, he broke the drought um, with that goal. The hour-long drought was broken by Motlock oh, goalie. Yep, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Um, obviously, we didn't have fish there next this week, which we'll talk about, but I don't think it was particularly notable that um, that he was missing. No. No, it didn't make much difference, um, I don't think there's much else to talk about. What about Jim Cotter's game, Maddie? What did you think about him? Uh, yeah, he was all right. He got caught a couple times, but um, he's definitely doing his job. You know, 20 touches, um, had 11 kicks. Um, he looks comfortable at the level. Yeah, he managed to one time. He got yeah, so he did manage to get caught a couple times, but yeah, he's looking he's looking pretty good, isn't he? Yeah, I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. Um, very happy for him to continue to hold his spot. Um, anyone I've missed that you want to touch on, Maddie, before we go to our votes? Uh no, I think we've pretty much touched on everyone. Yeah, I'm ha- I'm pretty happy. There's no one else I'm too worried about. Dying to yep. have a crack out. Let, let's happy to move on. <laughs> All right, so Maddie, uh, we've got the blue pod B and F. We get ten votes. Um, we have to. Cast all 10. No player can get more than five. Last week we had the first handing out of five votes. Charlie Conner received five from both of us for the first time, but I don't think uh, there'll be a five voter this week, dare <laughs> I say. But who was in your votes this week, Matty? Uh, I thought our standout this week, Chera, I gave him, gave him the three votes. Um, yeah. For all the reasons we mentioned earlier, Just I thought he was head and shoulders above the rest and clearly looked like our best player on the night. So I thought that was... For Couldn't me, that was more. pretty easy. Uh, I gave two votes to Saad and Doc. Um, yep. I thought they had reasonable nights. Saad, maybe not his best, but at least he was trying to do something. At least he was trying to do something. something. <laughs> uh, and I gave uh, one to McGovern, one to Hewitt, and one to Motlop uh, to Hang round on, it out. You've, have you gone over 10 or am I supposed to be accusing I feel like this is the... <laughs> I need to Every write it down. I just feel like you list off all these votes. I'm like, that's got to be more than 10, doesn't it? Three to Chera. You yeah. can add them up as we go if you like. Okay. Two to Saad. <laughs> two to yeah. Doc. And then yeah. one each to McGovern, Hewitt and Motlop. Okay, that is 10. My, yeah. <laughs> my, I'll, I'll, Accusations. Uh, count them as we go next week. <laughs> it's late. My my, maths, my brain's not ready to do any kind of mass even basic arithmetic. Um <laughs> All right, I'll give you mine. I gave Chera four. Oh, um, yeah, I, I have no issue with that in at all. Yeah, he had a really in a good game, didn't he? I just thought he was far and away the best, um, and I struggled to kind of find others for votes. So I thought, why not pile them on the one player who easily stood out? So four to Chera, two to Doc. Thought he had a solid game in his one fiftieth. Wish we could have won for him. Lovely to see him run out with his little daughter, though. That was a <laughs> nice moment in the evening. Yeah, amongst a uh, night of not many, and his goal was probably the best moment of the night for me. So thank you, Doc, for that. Something that made it worthwhile dragging ourselves in there. And the four remaining votes, I've done a good old test-style scattergun, one to Saad, one to Gov, one to Akers, even though you weren't so sure about his game. He's copped one from me. And I've actually given a vote to Kennedy. Yeah, okay. Uh, why not? He had better game than most. Exactly. Even though he only played a quarter, what he did with that quarter I thought was incredibly impressive. Good enough for me to make the votes. All right, Maddie, let's get to the coach's box where a lot of the heat's on this week. We're not here to just be part of the group. We're here to be the best, and that's what, as competitors, we'll try and strive for. Oh, 
God, that intro really either hits well or hits badly each <laughs> week, to, and this week it doesn't hit well. <laughs> in the bye week, might have to change a few of the effects. <laughs> yeah, we might have to. Um, from In the Coach Box segment quarter, we talk about selection, team stats, strategy, game plan, and obviously the coach and coaching staff. So let's start with the selection, Maddie. Fisher was dropped. Selection integrity. Hello. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'd sort of been think? calling him out for for a while and his form was definitely down. So, yeah, deservedly dropped down to the twos. I had no issue with that. No, no issue with that whatsoever. Uh, but that said, how Honey held his spot um, when Fisher did not, it still blows my mind. Maybe it's just courses for courses. We didn't have anyone to replace Honey. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's, it raised more questions than it answered them coming out and talking about, especially with Kemp the week before. There's... A few times you've gone, that makes sense, but the way you're talking about how you made the selections, there's a few that just somehow sneak through. But, yep. but this is the problem, and since we're in coach's box, selection integrity, you need guys that are playing, you know, with the risk of losing their spot. I don't think effort's the issue, but you do want to be rewarding players that are playing well. Dropping players that aren't, like Fish, I'm, I'm happy they dropped him. I want Fish at his best in the side, but if he's had a whole month of mediocrity, I was fine with that. Um, but it just it doesn't add up when you've got inconsistency with other players playing poorly and holding that spot. You know, Honey, Kerner hasn't let the world on fire, but that's probably a different kettle of fish. Um, and then you've got players playing well in the VFL that aren't getting a look in, as we've kind of said endlessly, Dow just can't do anything to get a, get a game. But yeah. um, anyway, so any other thoughts on the selection? I think that was the main thing for this week. Kennedy was obviously the sub, as we've talked about, hopefully won't be next week. No, yeah, I think the selection next week will be more interesting coming off a off a loss and, and the form of a few players. I think that'll be uh, more interesting. I, you didn't expect many changes following that West Coast game. No, that's right. All right, Matt, have you got the team stats there for us? Could I be an interesting read, I think. Do. So one of the trends this year is we continue to rack up huge amounts of disposals. So once again, we had uh, yeah. like plus, trying to do mass. 57 disposals, 395 to 338 for disposals. Um, and uh, it was interesting. So our kick-to-handball ratio was about the same as it's always been, 226 to 169. But the Lions were definitely more a kicking team, less handballs, more kicks. Uh, inside 50s yeah. was actually equal, though it did not feel like that on the night. Wow, it did not feel like that inside um, us. Disposal efficiency. They just it in when it was there. Yeah, disposal efficiency was similar. Um, really? We had well, it was, we ended up having 21 shots to their 24 shots, which I didn't realize either. So even inside 50 efficiency wasn't miles apart from each other. Um, hmm. The Lions just got the nod on the free kicks by three. Hitouts was way in our advantage, 54 to 31. So we mentioned Pitto. Well done, Pitto. Pretty good job of knocking them to advantage, although I wouldn't say they were down the throats of our mids, but... Um, Giving them, giving them a chance. Clearances was pretty much equal. We won center clearances for the night and just lost the stoppage clearances. Uh, we won contested possession, obviously. We won uncontested possession. We actually had less turnovers on the AFL website stats than the Lions, although wow, we I feel just like didn't score off. Yeah, their bears. turnovers versus our turnovers, I feel like, are very different turnovers. Um, yeah. As I just scroll past the heat map here, it's interesting. It's still quite central, but definitely a bit more in the slightly in the back half uh, this year, this week compared to last week. But sort of makes yeah. sense with the without the heavy scoring we did. Um, we only had the eight marks inside fifty this week. I think Kerno alone had eleven last week. Uh, yeah, we had thirteen contested marks. Uh, look, to be honest, 
You run down the stat sheet, 71 tackles to 75. We had 12 tackles inside 50. Uh, you go down, and if you didn't know the score or had seen the game, you'd go down and go, gee, that must have been a tight game. Um, but this is what's so confusing, Maddie, isn't it? Like Voss said then the press, he can't fault the effort, the stats are revealing that our effort's there. And that does seem to be the case. So what is going so wrong? And I feel like we have talk, talked about this already. We've kind of danced around the coach's box up until now, but let's, kind of go hard on it. Everyone is heaping on Voss. There's heat being piled on him. You know, he's got the list. Is there an issue in the coach's box? All that talks around that, you know, he's coaching for his life over the next few games. I don't want to find ourselves back here with this kind of discussion, but we're here. What's going wrong when the the stats are in our favour? I mean, we've talked about it, but it's very confusing, isn't it? Well, maybe this is what happens when we talked about uh, I mentioned how I thought everything was very generic down at Carlton, especially coming from the coaches um, and the message they've been delivering. And one of the really popular ways to go about, you know, development, it's, it's not about the wins or losses. It's about our improvement and and mm. KPIs, key uh, position indicators. And maybe they're becoming a bit of a, a, uh, a victim of, of just chasing stats. Like, you know, yeah, hey guys, okay, we need you know we need to win the contested ball this week. So they go away and well, let's make sure we win that contested ball. It doesn't matter what the outcome of it is. Like you know, as long as we have our yeah, plus ten on contested, not results. That's it. We have our plus ten on contested. You know, we have our plus five on contested marks. We come out even on stoppages. So you know, and they're just ticking their boxes. Maybe the yeah. maybe the stats they're chasing aren't the right ones or. It's it's uh, no, it's an interesting point because he does seem to focus on those stats as key performance indicators for them. But at the end of the day, it's almost similar to that discussion we had earlier about Chera saying not making finals isn't a failure, not talking about results and not creating that ambitious ambition more broadly around we're out to win this damn game. And and stats you know. lie; they can be manipulated uh, regularly, week to week. We talk about Harry's kicking, and some weeks doesn't look too bad. It'll be four goals too, but. There's not down the stat sheet. There was three out in the fools, like you know. So really, it was exactly. four or five. So stats are really. And stats would say Walsh having a, is having a great return, but you watch him and you can see he's not his usual self. He's trying, but he's he's not having the impact. Yeah, uh, yeah. So maybe that just it just feels to me like the the method, the process that they're trying to put into place is just not the right one. Yeah, I agree. They're focusing on the wrong things. Yeah. Um, is there a way to coach it? But the issue being that we're turning the ball over so much, we've talked about possibly why that is with the um, uncertainty and the lack of playing on instinct. But why is it that we likewise can't punish on turnover in reverse when we have got Harry and Charlie there? It just seems strange to me that we are getting killed on turnover and can't do the same in reverse. I think there's a few reasons. I think one, we're, we're terrified of turning it over, which ironically we do, but I think we're really... Uh, we don't like teams getting runs against us, so I think we're very, con- very uh, conservative. Conservative. There. We're very worried about letting the team get a few goals in a row. So as soon as we have maybe one or two goals kicked on us, guys are uh, more reluctant to to maybe take that on. Um, I think mm. we definitely seem to lack uh, some decent skills at times. Like it was, I mean, against at times uh, in the game against Brisbane, it was terrible occasionally. Like just. Not even hard yes, kicks, just missing shocking. by a mile. And uh, the other thing is, is we're just we're a slow team. We we maybe mm. and look the ball. There's oh, I can't remember the exact adage, but you know something like the ball moves faster than anyone any individual can uh, essentially. Yeah. So, you know, quicker to pass the ball than, than run with it. 
Um, yeah. But how good do we look at times the other week where there was that moment where Akers ran the ball all the way out of the back yes, line, just sliced exactly. them open, and Saad does similar t- things at times. And, you know, I don't know, there's just... Well, Holland's tried to do that this week and got it back from Doherty in an absolute hospital hand pass at the end of the chain. Do you remember that? Yeah, and you've got to be able to run and... and and create options to, to let other people into the game. And you got to run. You're not always going to get rewarded. And we just have some guys who just can't do that. Uh, I think that's part of the reason. We look stagnant, though. When you're watching it at the game, uh, you see Saad running and working for it, but we really do look quite stagnant. There's none of that free-flowing ball movement. It's like we've talked about it. It's laborious. Everyone's not sure. There's confusion. It's slowly chip around. It's just not that instinctual free-flow, bold movement. It's just it's exhausting to watch. It must be exhausting to play. Yeah, and... Uh, a lot of the times you'll notice when teams play on from from a mark quickly every time, it makes leading as a forward very easy. It becomes predictable to your teammates. They know yeah. that they, they if they lead now, there's a kick coming. Whereas when, if when yeah. you chip mark and handball and have 400 possessions for a game, the forwards never know when the ball's coming or oh. they're going to have they have to do three or four leads before the ball eventually gets in there. They're working so yeah. much. You're working so much harder for your yeah. for your scores, and then when it does come in, inev- inevitably with our team because we move it so slow and so wide, uh, it it's just a really it's it's just it bounces hard straight back work. out. Yeah, we make the game look difficult, and we do. Ross Lyon does the same thing with the Saints. Their game against North Melbourne on the weekend was a horrible game, but. Uh, and he plays a very defensive game and conservative game and it's why no one really is, enjoys watching Ross Lyon teams. He's notorious for being um, just a very disciplinarian defensive coach. Uh, but, look, he gets he gets results and we mentioned yeah. – I think we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago after the Saints game. You can live with it if you get the results. Yeah. Um, but if you're not getting the results, it's it's just – it's so hard to watch. It's a painful experience. It's as dour. A yeah. And, and, it, and it showed. We were at the ground and there was a mass exodus of Carlton people and there was booing. There was. Um, that's that's pretty telling when you've got a fan base that's so frustrated and it's a dedicated fan base, our fan base. We're passionate blue baggers and you've got fans leaving the game incredibly early, some of them in the third quarter. Can't even blame them. It's so dour to watch. Three or four goals and people were still leaving because no one has the faith that the team is capable of scoring quickly. We haven't exactly. It's how it looked. Yeah, you could tell it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, you're right. It's it's not like we were three or four goals. You know, you could be so excited on the edge of your seat if we were playing the right way and it looked like we were a chance to run them over, but it just was so clear it was never going to happen. Yeah. Um, I think the booing was at Vossi as he came down at three quarter time. Yeah. Well, look. Yeah. And I feel for him, but he's come in. He's meant to be the one that's going to – we had Bolton and Teague who were very much placeholders, although I think people had a bit of hope for Teague, but very much placeholders. Oh, I think people had high hopes for Bolton for it initially. Yeah, but he had such a young team. It was always going to be a struggle. And yeah. this rebuild, this list rebuild has been going on for 10 years, it feels like. It's been a long that's time That's why coming. everyone's beside themselves. Yeah. So it's not that everyone's sick of Voss after one season. It's it's more, I think, more the fact that everyone's just sick of the way Carlton have been for for the last you know, decade. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and the list, you look at our list and we've got them all signed up. They're all, you know, we've got we've got everyone under contract. We don't have anyone besides maybe DeConning at the end of the year, but even then hasn't done anything to, to really demand uh, anything too great. We've talked about him in previous episodes, but yeah, we've got our key forwards. We've got our key backs. We've got some good midfielders. We've got, we've got the pieces in place and 
if Voss can't figure it out and can't take advantage of it, it's uh, it's not going to look good for him. But who do you think it sits on, Maddie? Because I was saying to you, oh, there's going to be heat on him here. And you and I backed Voss's appointment. I'm still backing him in, um, which might not be a popular thing to say because there's a lot of people angry. But uh, although it's getting harder and harder to do so, I'm starting to get a little bit more and more concerned about the game plan and the clarity. But I guess I just... I want, I want to be wrong. I want to back him in. I want him to turn it around. But you said to me, he can't kick the, he can't make Walsh hit a target. Like there's only so much he can do. No. So where do you think it falls on the players or the coaches? I suppose the way things are going right now. I, I yeah, I would give as as you say. I'm not going to jump on Voss too hard yet. I think you give him at least this season and and see how the team finishes it off. But uh, he can't kick it for him. But I think especially that you've seen it, it maybe it's somewhere more like Collingwood. You can give guys um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Not hope. You can give them uh, encouragement. You can give them belief. Belief is probably the word I want. Yeah. Um, to go out there and, and, and know that they, they can do it. We need some Ted Lasso, do we? We do. Seriously. Like, <laughs> and this team has been – there's a lot of guys in this team who have had a lot of losing uh, over a long time yeah. and they need it. Like they don't have – uh, I mean, it, it took us years to get that victory against West Coast, um, like a big victory. It took us – it's been such a long yeah. time, even though we've had chances to do it. Uh, we've just – you know, I think last year there was just relief we were winning games and we weren't down the bottom of the ladder. Yeah. It's, there's just these steps you've got to take It's and it's that winning culture that everyone sort of always goes – you always hear thrown around. But I think partly with our team it's true and um, – yeah, we need. We I think it, it, even though we can't get out there and say like you know don't kick it straight to the free Brisbane Lions defender, if if they're believing in what they're doing and they're trusting their teammates and the way they're going about it, you I think you would see in, improvement. Um, the fact that yeah. Collingwood have been able to win all these close games is is I think their track record. Belief. Yeah, exactly. Their track record initially. Look, maybe I'm sure there was a bit of luck involved, but now they believe in their system so strongly that. Uh, it, it sort of it comes true, like what they believe in. Yeah, they manifest it and it happens. They always think they're a chance and they play with that faith in each other and faith in their game plan and instinctively that that seems to be what we're missing. And, again, it is what we've talked about where the attitude at the club seems to already be retreating into excuses and, you know, damage control rather than setting a standard, setting a goal, believing we can do it and talking about this team in that really positive, setting some expectations for them, not just, you know, it's fine when we were in the Bolton era, say green shoots and we're getting better week by week. I can't 10 years later, whatever it is, hear, oh, well, we're learning and we're getting better. No, I, I want an ambitious team that believes they can do it to be held to that standard. Yeah. And I think even some of the selections, it will be fascinating to see what the selections are because it, as much as we say yes. the players are afraid to fail, I think there's definitely some uh, people at the club who are afraid of failure and sometimes that prevents you from making the, the correct move. You go for perhaps the safer option. Uh, so Absolutely. it'll be very interesting to see how we go about it again against the Bulldogs uh, next weekend. Well, let's, let's discuss it then. Team selection, we've got the doggies. I like us playing the doggies. We normally play well against them. Now I've said that we'll lose, but, you know, <laughs> we normally do. What changes, Maddie, would you like to see against the doggies? I think we'll see. Who is in personnel? Oh, he's in for, for Honey. I think it's probably a, a given. That has to happen, yep. Uh, we we want to see Kennedy in the side. So, oh, he's in Kennedy. So who comes in. out? Uh, or who becomes a side? Kerno? 
Yeah, Kerno was playing almost like a high high half forward role. Maybe it could be Kerno. Uh, probably going to be Kerno. First, I'll throw out the names. I think probably come in. I think we probably have Owies in. I think we yeah. see Kennedy in. Yeah. Uh, not sure about Fish. He played pretty well on the weekend, so at least he did the right thing. Yeah, he, he went back to the VFL balls. and had a decent game. So here's a chance. I'm not fussed whether he comes in or not. Uh, Bins yeah. had another half-decent game, so um, he could also be a chance. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else really that I think I would be thinking about bringing in. Uh, no, that sounds about right to me in terms of who's possibly um, knocking on the door because I don't think we have – you know, Cottrell or, or Boyd might be ready to go. But. Oh, he has played a couple of games. I don't think he's really set the world on fire yet, but he's he's back uh, in the in the twos in the playing. Yep. So I think you know, Honey would be on the chopping block. I think Ed possibly, uh, and it gets tricky that after that, there's not you know, Hollands has been okay. So, but you know, if they want to give him a rest, maybe it's possible. Um, mm. You could have a Hollands out and Bins in, maybe, or your Cottrell. Could you have Sauce as a sub? Sauce as a sub. Yeah, there's a few options. That's why I'm really fascinated about. This is probably in the. I think every week prior to this, we've had a fairly good handle on what they're probably going to do, and they they never make too many changes or go for too much. So you sort of have a fair idea of where they're going with things. But I think following that loss and uh, what they've got going on, I think it's uh, it'll be. We telling you what their where their mindsets at with their selection coming up this week. Yeah, absolutely, and it is. We've said it before, but it is a must win. We're in this, you know. Everyone's talking about it. This patch of the season where we're going to find out what we're made of. We're playing these teams that are genuine contenders. If we we've dropped three of the last four, and the one we won was, as you say, the training drill against West Coast. If we can't start to knock off some teams that are actually contenders, who cares if we beat up on the bottom of the ladder teams? We need to start taking some scalps, or we're going to quickly um, fade into the mediocrity of the middle of the ladder. So it's a really big game this week, and I really, really hope that we respond and have a victory. What's your prediction, Maddie, for the game against the Doggies? <laughs> I know we predict uh, a win every week, but against we the Doggies, <laughs> we actually do have a good record against the Doggies. Um, so I would like to see us win this week against the Dogs. And I think I'm hoping we come out and bounce back. Um and we normally, yeah. um, look, do you know, I'm going to go with a, with a decent win. We normally play pretty well against them. So I'll go for a, say a, uh, you know, 20, 25 point win over the, over the yeah. dogs. Um, and yeah, it's a, like you say, it's an important game. Something to ponder when you're just talking about finals and, and you've got to be able to beat the top teams. What do you reckon would be yeah. worse for this team to, to miss finals just again, or to get into finals and then get knocked down the first round by 80 points? To miss finals again, we have to have the experience. We have yeah. to get there, don't we? One. Yeah, I know. I agree. I don't know what the answer is. I just thought, I guess as you're no, saying, it's an like, interesting want, question. Mentally, like I wonder what that would do to you guys. Though you finally make finals, big hurrah, and then, then you, you just get, get absolutely walloped first week of finals. Which is well and truly, if we make finals, no one's freaking out about that matchup. Oh no, we've got Carlton in week one. They'd be pretty pleased with that the way it's looking now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think the pass mark going into the season for me, it was not just making funds, but but winning one, ideally, at least. Yeah. And that's quickly fading into oblivion. So anyway, we'll see. Let's The jury's out for us. We're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We've spent <laughs> a few weeks in a row. We're still there. But mind you, the bathwater might be getting piffed out the window if we have a few more losses like this one. Shall we dive into the fourth quarter and open the mailbag, Maddie? 
All right, in the fourth quarter, we answer your questions. We put a call out for the questions on Instagram, the.bluepod on Instagram. There's going to be more happening over on the Instagram, so if you're not following it, get on board, the.bluepod, and the Bluepod on Twitter. Likewise, give us a follow there. We like being in the conversation with you all. Um, this week, Maddie, we'll start with the Instagram questions. I put the call out pretty late, so we might have a short mailbag section this week, but I, I don't did, think anyone I, wants to dwell on this longer than we have to. <laughs> I did giggle when I saw I was checking my phone. I'm like, oh, wow, that is late. <laughs> it's all very like, uh, to be honest, I didn't want to deal with the game at the time. <laughs> but I thought maybe if I'd put the call out on Friday night, we might have been flooded with some emotional questions, which would have been fine, but I waited and we're going to have a small segment and move on to next week. Um, I actually don't know what Kathy's talking about, but I'll ask you in case you do. Kathy Kay says, what did you make of the comment made by Brian Cook that it's not the end of the world if we don't, and I think the end of it's meant to be make finals, but it's kind of cut off. Have you it heard is. that comment from Brian Cook? I haven't heard it, but I heard someone mention, talk about the fact that he came out and said that. Uh, I think it's it goes with what we're saying about Chera, that all of a sudden this, uh, you know, line of questioning of finals isn't everything. Uh, has come yeah. out from within the club. Uh, sorry, just it just occurred to me as we're talking about um, last-minute things, and we're going to challenge it, but Newman's facing a one-week ban as well, just with Oh, selection. that's right. Good point, Maddie. in yeah. terms of selection. Um, yeah. We're at the tribunal tomorrow night for that one, so we'll see. By the time you're listening to this, we'll, either, we'll know one way or another. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you who does have a track record and who is having a great season our legal team. So <laughs> <laughs> I back in the, um, Carlton's legals, legal legals to get the job done and get Nick Newman off. I think that was there's a whole lot of beat up about that one too. So we'll see. But if he comes out there, I guess there's another spot that's true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Brian Cook's comments, like you said, just the same I don't issue, like I guess, it. there. It's... It's, it's sounding like you're already admitting that we're not going to make finals, which I, I know they've got to temper expectations and try please everyone, but I don't, you know, it doesn't seem like it seems far too early to be talking like that. I know it, it's, and it permeates. If you've got the CEO kind of making excuses, it, it, it goes all the way down. You want him to be out there saying, no, that's what we're aiming for. And that's what we expect. But, um, you know, we had that kind of didn't, didn't say us come out and say that at the start of the year we expect finals. Now they quickly say backpedaling. No, 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 it's okay if we don't. <laughs> it was last year. Yeah, it started last year before Voss had started. Yeah. They asked him if finals was their expectations. And I think he said yes at one point and then quickly retracted it. Well, I don't know why he retracted it. I think we talked about it last year. But why wouldn't you? If you're playing footy in the AFL, if you're not playing to play finals, what are you playing for? Um, Tom Clark says, will TDK come into the side? We haven't. Tom's taken up a lot of space in discussions on this pod and in the media uh, and we actually haven't spoken about him much tonight, so let's do it. <laughs> what do you think? I, if I was a gambling man, I'd say he probably plays a week in the VFL again because he missed yeah. with the concussion. He missed playing on the weekend, I think. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah. So, and Saturday. So, can he? He probably can. He should be well with out of his protocols by then. But I think look, Pitto was okay, and TDK coming off one week off. I think you want to see him have a good game in the VFL before you see him back in the team. Yeah, I think so. Selection integrity, as we say, although there's all this talk around his contract and all the offers he's getting, um, I don't mind that we're just focusing on what he's putting in front of us in terms of selection. Uh, on to the Twitter questions, the blue pot on Twitter. James Kalaf, he asked this a few days ago, I think it was before the game. Is Kemp the player we hope Stock would become? I'm suggesting that's perhaps why we let Stocker go. What do you think of that theory, mm. Maddie? Slightly different players, although Stocker... Probably had one of his better games on the weekend for the Saints. Um, did he? Of course he did. <laughs> uh, I think they're different sorts of players. 
I think Stocker we were hoping was going to be a midfielder, really. And then just, I love Stocker. I would have loved to have kept him. Yeah, it was a bit sad to see him go. They're, they're, I think they're too different for me to compare. Kemp's a, a utility tall, whereas Stocker's a, a you know small defender, uh, really. So, but look, Kemp's early signs this season are, are good. Um, yeah, it'll be in, uh, hopefully you can string a few good games together. Fingers crossed. Candor says we're becoming all too familiar with these losses. We go goal for goal with the opposition up until half time, then they break us and we don't have a plan B. We haven't seen any in-game changes that warrant applause for the coaches. So what's next? I know we joke about this whole four-quarter performance thing and it's one of the the you know rhetorics that always comes out, but it really has been our Achilles heel for some time now, hasn't it? It really has. And I think we've also touched on the lack of in-game changes. We were talking about trying something when Cripps is held and when Charlie's not involved. And um, we haven't really seen any moves from the coach's box apart from, like you say, hoping what we do works. Actually, well, this has reminded me, Nathan Buckley's come out and um, I don't know exactly what he said, but from the little grabs I've seen, kind of put the heat on our coaches a little bit to respond to an opposition's game plan better than we do. Um, I haven't read the comments, so I'm probably mischaracterizing it, but something to the effect of we focus on what we're doing and we're not ready to respond to what an opposition brings, which I think is something you and I have talked about. But in some ways we've been too responsive some weeks, but there is a bit of heat coming from all angles um, for the one, one-dimensional approach in the coach's box. Yeah, I mean, Bucks, I think Bucks isn't a big fan of Carlton. He's, he's pretty happy to, to stick the knife Former in where, whenever coach, he can, yeah. I think the fact that they, we don't seem to have a plan B is a is a telling issue, though. We do go out there and we have our A game. And like I talked about with Cripps when I was using those analogies at the start of the, the, the podcast tonight, you know, if you go out there and he doesn't win contested ball, what else have you got? And he doesn't seem to have yeah. – we don't seem to use him any other way. So I think that's probably a, a fair uh, criticism. Yeah, I think so as well. Mark DT said, is it fair to say the players aren't held accountable by the coaches? Our selection integrity is very questionable. Waitering is an example. Horribly out of form but would never get omitted. Yeah, well, who would you omit for waitering? It'd be struggle to bring someone else in. But there are definitely a few that seem to get free passes and uh, there is selection integrity but only when it, when it suits them. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's exactly what it is, Maddie. So they... And you can't have that. That's not selection integrity if it is <laughs> some players and not others. Uh, definitely something we need to work on, although some, you know, dropping Fisher was a st- step in the right direction. Uh, there are other players that are getting away with putting forward average performances with no fear of losing their spot. So it is a worry. Um, Tim W says, if I was Voss, I would drill into the players that your first option is your best option. I lost count of the amount of times the player had an option, ignored it, only to then turn the ball over. I think they're overthinking it and ironically that then makes them look dumb. Yeah, I think we said the exact sort of same thing in a different way. That was probably just a more succinct way to put it. But, yeah, I think yeah. players are looking for for what they think is the whatever they've been told to look for, the correct option, and rather than just going, we end up, you know, doing 10 handballs and then being under pressure and, and, and uh, turning it over. I think we need to let some totally. of these guys play with a bit more instinct. We're in our heads. That's 100% right. I think that would be a really simple way to get them to stop overthinking it. Just take the first option you see. If you like it, go. Don't look around and get nervous and hesitate. Dutchie says, Chera playing well in the guts. Kennedy shows he should be in the guts. For me, it's game plan needing to be faster, but I think we need a ball winner to sacrifice their game and play forward. I noticed Stock started a fair few times forward. Maybe this needs to be permanent for one of them. 
Yeah, I yeah, you can't play one permanently there. They'll they'll it was just part of their rotation. We're essentially playing with a five man forward line again. It's something we've done previously and we play an extra at the stoppage because we're a contested team. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I we were very happy all of a sudden we'd found a good mix of midfielders uh in the last few weeks, but I'm sort of doubting that again. We just seem to be very one pace sometimes. The the lack of speed, the lack of speed on the ball, the lack of speed in our ball movement and transition, it's a it's a real issue. So um, if we can find a way to um, get it moving, we've got these balls that are in the guts, but but we need a bit of faster movement. There's no doubt about it. Josh says I've processed Friday night and I'm over it. I've definitely moved on. But then he sent us a meme of him of a person crying holding a pillow. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just the story of a Carlton supporter, isn't it? I I think that's the note to finish on. I hope that next week, Josh, you can send us in a meme of uh, whatever a gif. Sorry, I'm sounding so old. A gif of whatever. <laughs> Uh, a much happier person, but right. I think this this gift that you've sent in sums up how we all felt after Friday night. Pretty deflating, pretty disappointing, but there's time to turn it around. So fingers crossed. Your prediction, Maddie, is we turn it around with a 25 point solid win against the doggies yeah, this week. It. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I hope you're right. Thanks for joining us, Blue Crew. Uh, if you've sat through this one, we hope it's been good therapy for you. Hit subscribe if you haven't already so we pop up whenever we down, uh, release an episode. Tell your friends about us if you like what you're listening to. That's the best way we grow and stick around. And we'll be back next week. Let's hope for a happier episode then. Go, please. Yes. Go, see ya.